dear pediatric ophthalmology community, welcome to this WSPOS session on early intervention and cerebral visual impairment. My name is Manza Tekaučić-Pompe, I am pediatric ophthalmologist at University Eye Clinic in Ljubljana, Slovenia. Let me introduce our today's speakers. Our first speaker is Dr. Adio from Nigeria. She will be talking about strategies of early intervention in Africa. Followed by Cathy Williams from the UK on early intervention to reduce the impact of vision impairment. Beth Ramela from the USA is going to talk about an educator's approach to assessing cerebral visual impairment. And Florine Pilon Kampstick from the Netherlands about physician's approach to assessing cerebral visual impairment. Our last speaker today is Sharon Lehman from the US, communication between providers with vision impairment and cerebral visual impairment. Welcome to the show. Well, this was the end of our last presentation of this session. Um, all very interesting uh, and telling about uh, assessing and communication and and uh, making sure that the total care of CVI is getting better and better, and better all around the world. So that's very good to hear. Um, so uh, we don't have any questions yet, but I I think we have some questions. Huh? So um, can you start, Niranjan? Yeah, sure. Adio, uh, we would like to start with you. Like uh, Florin had shown about a child who seemed to have a normal or near normal visual acuity, but he had issues with processing that vision. And it looked like mostly he had simultaneous vision that was bothering him in multiple areas of his functioning. But um, our experience in India has been that we see such children very few. Like majority of the children that we see in the clinic are very low functioning and maybe 10% uh, of our children with CVI in the clinic are actually high functioning CVI. And uh, when we talk about these low functioning children, they typically present to us at a very young age and they have multiple other issues that need to be dealt with. So you need a multidisciplinary team, which is often not available in developing part of the world. So uh, how do you also see similar picture in Nigeria? And how do you handle those challenges on the ground? Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Pehera. Um, in Nigeria, can you hear me? Yes, Adio, we yes. can. Okay, um, in Nigeria, um, we see a similar picture. We have a large number of patients with uh, low functioning CVI, same as you have also over there. Um, especially, uh, we have large numbers of premature babies also. Um, from my presentation, you will notice that uh, figures have shown that in the sub-Saharan part of Africa, of, of Africa and in uh, Asia have the highest numbers of those who have uh, premature babies. And this could be linked to the fact that we are having higher numbers of uh, uh, assisted delivery at the, at the moment, just you know, everywhere. A lot of women that are having issues with fertility are being helped to have babies and then they get delivered at earlier ages. So, and when these children are, are born, most of the time, some of them may go to some centers that are not 
as uh, good. So having those babies in those kind of conditions may predispose them to developing CVI from hyperthesia or from developing problems with uh, oxygenation and all that in terms of delivery. So we see quite a number of those ones. And um, in managing this kind of patients, like you, in your own experience also, we see them very early. Um, when they discover that the child is not looking at them when they're trying to breastfeed, or if they've had some other baby before and they notice that it's quite different the way this one is behaving. Uh, but in my own experience, I noticed that it's mostly in children, mothers who are having babies for the very first time. That is when you have uh, a lot of women uh, having babies who have uh, uh, CVI. And when they come, they are so, you know, it's so difficult to handle. They want a quick fix. They want it to, you know, things to happen very fast in terms of the recovery and all that. And then you discover that um, from there, when you tell them that you have to go through all these processes, then they move, move on to other centers from place to place. And this has an effect on the early intervention um, um, plans that you have. You know, the first three years are very critical. You need to be in one place with as much support as you can and other uh, specialists brought in. One other, thing, one other thing I think I need to mention is that we have very few occupational therapists, very few speech therapists that will also help to make sure that uh, the outcome is as good. And uh, those are the few things that I want to say in response to your questions. Okay, thanks, Adio. Well, yeah, um, Kathy, I also have a question for you because you described very clearly that it's very important to have a close collaboration in the very early phase, uh, also already in the hospital. So I think you have also close contact with your pediatricians in your hospital, your neonatologists. And uh, I was wondering um, if you think of CPI, you always think maybe it's a delayed visual maturation and will catch up. So when uh, are you going to do the early intervention as you described in the hospital already, or do you wait and see for a little while or how, how does it work? Um, I think that the, the new treatments I mentioned would be instituted by the neonatologist if there's been obvious uh, hypoxia like cooling and so on. But from our point of view, if, if a child is visually inattentive, uh, I would still refract and um, often maybe um, wait till uh, three or four months before trying the glasses, just give a little bit of time before trying the glasses and explain to the parents that just as you say, um, there is this entity of delayed visual maturation uh, and then there is CVI. And if you've got a child who is at risk for both, you, you have to explain sometimes, you know, we're just gonna have to wait and see, but we'll give all the support we can in case it's useful. With, with DVM, they generally, there is absolutely nothing in terms of visual response. And then they start picking up quite quickly. Whereas with CVI, sometimes there is, you know, they will say, just as, as I'm sure everybody is familiar with, there's great variability. So sometimes they might seem to fix, but other times like there's nothing at all. But it is very hard. So in, in general, with that small caveat of not prescribing glasses week one, I'd wait three or four months maybe, but would contact the vision support teachers early on, would try to get very um, strong stimuli, visual stimuli, multisensory early on, and just see the 
baby and the parents regularly to observe progress and like explain that time will show us, the baby will show us um, whether they are DVM and generally five, six, seven months, they perk up and suddenly start looking, um, not always, but many times, or whether it's evolving much more into a CVI tech picture. And there are other general abilities, you know, evolving cerebral palsy, epilepsy, these sorts of things will tend to go more with CVI, but it can be hard early on. So yes, I try and provide support in case it's useful early on, but watch carefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how we also do it in the Netherlands. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we have a question from the audience, so that's great. Um, uh, one of the questions is that often parents ask the question, how much will my child's vision improve? And how do you, and I will look at you all from the uh, from speakers, how do you answer this question? And what will be the clinical features suggesting for poor vision? Is optic atrophy a sign for uh, poor improvement or are, the, are there any other signs? How do you handle those questions? Um, is there anyone who wants to go first? I can. I can let you know what, uh, if you'd like. Yeah, Sharon, please. Uh, yes. I, I encourage the parents that uh, there is, uh, uh, well, for, I tell them that we don't know. And, you know, the longer you uh, do medicine, the easier it is to say that. Uh, I think that many providers right out of their training uh, may feel very uncomfortable about that. Uh, in the, the, the more experienced you get, the easier it is to say that. Uh, and uh, one of the problems we sometimes have is that uh, a neurologist will first see the child and uh, see the MRI and tell the parents that, you know, the child will not have any vision from the MRI. So I tell them, you know, even from the MRI, we cannot predict exactly what your child's final outcome will be. And I encourage them uh, that since we don't know what that potential is going to be, we're not going to limit uh, what we're going to do. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, doing small things to encourage them, you know, if you have a child who seems to have very limited uh, vision, turn the lights out and show them uh, a lighted toy uh, or give them, uh, uh, you know, some, I've had several uh, families where uh, that's the first time that parents have seen the child react visually. Uh, and, uh, you know, trying, uh, putting a, uh, if they're, uh, you know, you can put a, a trial frame on them with a plus three and see if that makes any difference. Uh, and uh, very often uh, parents just need encouragement because at least in my practice, I cannot predict. I have seen some children uh, who surprisingly, even with CVI, uh, don't seem to see at all in the beginning and end up having some level of vision. And I think we're also fighting the old literature here. There are several um, articles in the literature that say that children do, with, with uh, brain-based visual impairment do not improve. And uh, you know there are some later studies now that are starting to uh, support the fact that they do. Uh, so uh, I think it's all about encouragement and uh, saying we, we uh, are going to do everything we can to help that child reach their potential. Yeah, Adil, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I would like to add 
um, the way um, I approach this with my people is, I first of all want to see what the brain MRI is saying, what is, what is there. If we have, uh, if, if it's because of neuroplasticity, I like to be more um, optimistic depending on what I see in the MRI. If I see that there's a lot of damage in the MRI, I would tell you that, frankly speaking, this child needs to be in a home. But we're going to see what we can do to see how much vision this child can recover within the what we can find. And then there are some children that have microscopic damage in their MRI. And uh, so those children probably may have a better outcome. So I tell them in a guarded way that this child from all indications may not be as normal as the next child, but there is a very good chance that this child with low vision aid and some other assistance might see a lot better than um, what, was, what the child has presently. So it all depends because of neuroplasticity uh, on what the initial MRI is saying. So that is the way I tell the parents. Um, as much as possible, I don't want to dash their hopes um, <laughs> because you know you never can tell. What you said can never happen. In the next five, six, seven years, you find the child doing exactly what, and then they come and say, oh, the doctor told me this and see what happens, you know? So I try and be very careful um, with that. Thank you. I think Florin and Kathy had something yeah. to say. Florin first and then Kathy. Uh, yeah, in the Netherlands, we, we, when we talk about CVI, we talk about a, a dynamic diagnose. CVI is not static. Uh, that's and that, that's very important. But there are children with no visual function uh, at the beginning. Uh, in these children, we also uh, provide a visual evoke potential. We see where there are uh, signals uh, on the CVP, and that also gives us uh, uh, some. Some direction uh, for yeah for improving of, of the of the vision, so that's that's what we we tell the parents. Thanks, Florin. Kathy, anything? Uh, yeah, just I obviously agree with my uh, the colleagues uh, speaking here. Two additional things I'd like to say: if if there is optic atrophy, clear evidence of optic atrophy clinically. I'm a little more cautious because I tend to, I usually explain to parents, all children differ. It's very hard to, to predict. So they hear that from everybody, but it is true. But in general, neuroplasticity and, and rewiring can occur in the brain sometimes, generally much more in children than in adults, but it, but it, it, it can occur, but it less so in the optic nerve. If you've got white optic nerves or, you know, it, it is less likely to have recovery of function. Um, but I, I do say with all that prayer, but all children are, are different. And I have certainly seen, as I'm sure my colleagues have on, on the panel, children with CVR, maybe it's very severe, as was mentioned, that gradually can improve over many years, long, long time mm -hmm. course, particularly if support, but it's not a case of if they're not better in six months, it's all over. Mm -hmm. A, a thing to bear in mind is if you've got acquired CVI much later in life after, for instance, nasty meningitis or some uh, status epilepticus that presents much later, they can become, having previously visually been normal, 
very severe uh, visual impairment and uh, apparent complete uh, loss of visual function and then go through CVI manifestations with some vision and they can recover more quickly in my experience but generally perinatal whether it's congenital or due to these perinatal problems CVI can have a very long slow time course with some gradual improvements but just as people said it depends on the MRI it depends on the child and it probably depends on the support uh, as well so it's worth trying to give as much support as possible to give vision a, a chance and if all you can do is help the child work around their problems that's still worth doing but it, it's incremental if a child gains some use of vision then they it can feed on itself and become a positive circle if they have got uh, some possibility of uh, neuroplasticity. Thank you very much, Kathy. We have to end this session. We had a final, very good discussion. Um, I hope everyone uh, is uh, very uh, happy about this session. If there are more questions, well, uh, maybe you could let us know by the chat mm -hmm. and if WS possible, let us know. I want to thank all speakers for their very uh, very good presentations and my co-moderator for his uh, support and help. Thank you. Wishing you all a good day. Thanks, Arlita. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow, this was a fruitful discussion thanks to our moderators, Dr. Pehere from India and Dr. Arlete van Zorge from the Netherlands. So our understanding of cerebral visual impairment is getting better and, and better, as you could hear. Great problem are low-functioning CVI children, especially in middle and low-income countries. Early intervention, preferably within the first few months of life, is crucial. Multidisciplinary approach is also mandatory and promises better visual outcome. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.